Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today, I'm very pleased to be with Eric Ulin, who is an insider in the menswear industry and has a great deal of experience. He is the VP of Retail at New Order. Prior to that, he was also the president at UBM, which is now in Forma, and the president of Jay Lindenberg. Eric, thank you for taking the time to be with me. All right, thanks for having me, Ryan. You know, just to start, can you describe what's your role at New Order? You know, what is New Order? A lot of people know New Order is the sales platform, but would love to hear from you. Yeah, so so my role is really kind of one that's been transforming during the spring here, where I started out with retail, but then really pivoted into more on kind of partnerships and and specifically really kind of the event partnerships we do. Given my background from from UBM and having run the trade shows, that kind of was a pretty natural fit. So really kind of, you know, the core of our platform, as you say, it's really an order management platform, right? That's that's really what we are, where brands kind of run their full uh, wholesale business to specialties and to, to department stores, et cetera. But what we've layered on top of that is kind of using a, call it a marketplace, like a white label marketplace functionality that we're, that we've been working with, you know, Informa and also a couple of Italian trade shows, Mecom, Milano and Mipel, to really kind of allow them to be able to take their shows digital and kind of have, allow brands for for visibility in these times too. That's that's really what we've been doing with them, which has been exciting. It's it's a new world for everyone, I think. That's that's yeah. I think this is this is this is that year when nobody knows and you try something new, which is which is what you need to do. And yeah. especially for the trade shows, this is the perfect opportunity for trade shows to still be relevant given the fact that it's not safe to meet in person. Can you also describe about, you know, because recently The, I th- believe what you did with Coterine and Forma just ended. Um, can you describe that partnership that you, you did with them? Uh, the partnership there was really kind of, it's to, to your point, it's kind of looking at like what we looked at that partnership as it's, it's kind of like these two pieces that work well together where in Forma and, and what you do as a trade show is really your, what you do is bring traffic. You bring retailers to meet brands. That's, that's, that's the essence of what you do. Now, from our perspective, You know, we that's not what we do. We give the re, the brands a platform to be able to talk to retailers, right? So the combination really, really works well. It's a strong combination between those two. So I think we had something close to 1,100 brands come on board in, wow. um, for the September 1st um, launch. Uh, and and really kind of, you know, that, that, that was a part like where that started then like this, this onslaught of, of retailers coming in. Uh, to to the shows to view brands and kind of just kind of start to connect with brands. That's that's really what 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 they did. So it's been a it's been it's been an interesting thing to see kind of how much has happened during that time because it's quite quite the onslaught. I think we've had something. It's north of sixty thousand connections between retailers and brands so far, which is quite extraordinary. Um, and then the part that becomes, you know, I mean, as, as you know, also like in terms of the, the connection is the first step and then it becomes you know, kind of working with the retailers just as you do in a physical show as well to kind of to figure out like when, when do you take that from that to get to an order, to get the relationship going. These are, these are also times when th- this, I, I can relate it to like when, when I was running project back in 2016 or 17, that was, you know, the time of the quote unquote retail apocalypse, which today doesn't seem anything close to it. Yep. But but there's a part there where like it very much becomes like maintaining the business you have and hoping to identify a couple of good retailers that you want to that you want to kind of um, connect with and kind of go forward. That's that's really what people do now, because wholesale is still something that's 
as you know, stores are just about to open or they're opening slowly, operating at a level that's well well below where they were before. Um, these are these are still pretty challenging times. And and they still need products, but and the idea, like you mentioned before, of a trade show is you know to create connections and the fact that you create sixty thousand connections that's you know that serves its purpose because that allows yeah. community and ongoing conversation to to occur um you know from your knowledge did did you guys do anything like special like live like instagram events during this this time or um other I mean, events I mean, inform has been very i mean like inform is like this is the part like where like the 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 division of, of, of responsibilities here right where inform is the one who's yeah. been really doing the content part and driving retail and being super, super active in terms of driving driving traffic, right? And kind of trying to figure out events or features that are relevant um, for them too, a learning, a learning experience, right? To see what, what the retail community responds to as well. But there's been tons of it, right? Tons of programming going on. They've been doing an amazing job um, during this full time period. So there have been and there's been speaking sessions. There are these like learning sessions too, to kind of look at you know, best practices for retail, et cetera. Um, and like what to do in, in, in with inventory, all that stuff. Right. So there's, there's been a lot of that going on too. And for, since there's many brands that are, you know, now first starting and with your experience with projects, you know, for a smaller brand, what is the best way for them to succeed um, within a normal trade show, but also in now in the virtual trade show, which might make it that much more difficult to be realized or recognized, I should say. Yeah, I mean, a lot. I mean, the thing is, you, you can you can't kind of put your your destiny in the hands on somebody else. So it very much comes down to whether it's physical or digital. It comes down to your own homework and understand like which retailers do you want to target, and then really kind of identifying who those are and reaching out to them. Right, finding their emails, finding like you know, kind of being able to proactively reach out. That's really, there's, there's no like shortcut to that, right? There, there's a portion where like you, you, you were at a, like when I was running Jay Lindenberg before, like when we were at trade shows, there was always a part of kind of, yes, we'd be there to uh, be able to, to have a cost-effective way of meeting the retailers we're already doing business with, but also then kind of having, there's people we had targeted and communicated with saying, Hey, we're going to be here then hoping to get them to come by. And then the third source is like the people who happen to be at the trade show and then come by and find you. That's kind of the, the, the nuggets of gold that come. But I think yeah. it comes back to, I think you have to do your homework on the wholesale side to figure out like what, like what need do you fill to a retailer? So you can kind of really formulate like, what is it that's going to do for their customer? Really kind of knowing who their customer is. You have to know a lot about those retailers, especially now. I think that, as much as people should be experimenting, I think people go back to what's 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 tried and 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 tested themselves. Yeah. Um, so for you to say, hey, you should, you know, essentially you're telling them not to buy another brand or not buy as much of another brand to get to give you a shot, and you have to be able to formulate that well for why that should be. And you know, as you say, it's a lot of homework and beforehand, and you know, I, I think no one can really expect to succeed if they just show up and thinking that someone's going to stumble by a when physical um, shows are there, their booth or B now which digital by their digital booth. Um, you know, you have to make the calls and most things are pre-booked, you know, and that's, I think that's how people operate because they know what they're going to say and they could plan. Um, yeah. ser- serendipity does happen, but that's that you can't rely on that. And then in life, I think that's never safe. No, that's, that's not a way to kind of build a business on that. Um, I mean, if you ask, 
really seasoned sales reps. I mean, it's, it's, you know, hitting the phones, emails, being on the road. I mean, road has been difficult now, but it's really that part. That's really what, what, what drives a brand for growth. That's really what it is. Like a, a part of like, because you can't, you can't just rely on, I have the best t-shirt. That's in your opinion. There's a thousand other t-shirts. Out there. So you, have to come, you have to really kind of, kind of drive it. It's, 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 you know, hats off to anybody who tries it. I have to say, cause it is, it is not an easy business to be in, but you know, as somebody, not me, but if you are a creative person and you, and you love, you have a love for, for clothing and design. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful place to be, but it's also super challenging. This is like, it's really kind of going in with it, with eyes open. It's what you kind of have to do. It's, it's, it's very intensive mm-hmm. to succeed. I do want to change gears a bit and just speak about data because that's that's very important especially now i think in the future you know of the industry how does new order provide data to clients and um and how is that very important in your opinion well so the day i mean as a subscriber you have you have access to this like pretty enormous reporting suite on what people are looking at at your in, in your products what they're clicking on and kind of what they have looked at but not selected for instance right mm. And you're, you're able to kind of to, to, to be able to kind of get to a point where like you said, like what are the top 20 products that people didn't like that, that retailers missed that are the most popular products, right? So if you had, you know, a hundred retailers in, in your portal and, you know, 90 of them pick a certain shirt and the 10 that didn't, you can kind of really kind of look at, you, it's really kind of all geared to, to communicate with the retailers, say, Hey, you may have missed these things and you should probably take a look at this too, because this is what most people do in your area, et cetera. Right. So there's a lot of, it's very kind of, it's really sales focused, right? It's really kind of yeah. looking like, what are they looking for? So you can kind of, you can really kind of dig into what your, what your customer base, meaning the retailer, not necessarily the end customer, because that's really on the, that's kind of one, one step away from you. So there, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, detail there as well that we provide to them. And I know on the flip side, you also provide, you know, an asset for the retailers, correct? With data. Yeah, we do. I mean, I think I think specifically where we're on, on the retail side is really on, um, and I know you were going to ask a question about that, but on, on our exclusive partnerships, those, um, yep. if you look at like where, where the difference here is really where it's, it's an enterprise product that is really the internal buying mechanism or buying system for, you know, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale, Saks, et cetera, where they, they use that just for all their buying to be able to a incorporate data into that to kind of see like where their sell throughs are, et cetera, but also to be able to, to have an easy, easy overview of what they're actually buying. Right. Cause I think, I think if you look at from previously or like what's been done in most places is really, it's a very physical process, right? So you're looking at like, yep. if you, and, and if you're a, if you're a massive retailer, it's hard to have an overview of what's being bought and what's going to be in each store. Like you, you could end up with, you know, 20 different brands of white t-shirts when you probably don't need 20 different brands of that. But if you like, but you don't know it until it hits the floor. And that's what we're able to do for them to kind of see like, well, you can make, you can proactively make a lot of other, de- other decisions um, when you're, even when you're in market. So it's not like, you know, when it's kind of after the fact and it's like, oh, you know, we probably shouldn't have bought that. So you can <laughs> kind of, you, you can kind of have a more, uh, you can have, you can have a dialogue with your brands, your brand partners much earlier and be able to set them up for success as well. I mean, I've been on the, on the receiving side of saying, you know, Hey, we're going to buy all these things. 
And then a month later, it's like, hey, and, and then you as a brand put in, okay, the production order is going in. And then a month later, it's yeah. like, hey, we had to reduce our orders or we had to like cancel these styles. Like, okay, that would have been good to know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And this way, rather than having an arduous process um, and at least to be able to do, they can do kind of cuts and adjustments almost up front, which is a huge deal. So that's, that's really what we do there with, with them as well. And it saves everyone time. And, you know, as you mentioned with these exclusive partners, so, for instance, if brand X does business with one of your exclusive partners, they they have to have a new order account, correct, or is, is or is it just preferred that they have a new order no, account? No, they, they do have to have one, right? So, but it's it's really one where we set them up with. If you don't have it, like we're setting you up with, like basically, like I have a free account that allows you to communicate with that or those retailers, right? So, if you're with a Nordstrom and a Bloomingdale's, you have an account then that is it's free in in the sense that like, you know it's it's something that's provided to you by Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. Um, where you can communicate with them, right? That's really what you have to have because the, the whole point is having, um, being able to ingest data into Nordstrom. So if you, if you, and I'm speaking to the brands out there now, like really, if you have been doing business before with like either one of the majors, like the process of giving data is quite, uh, that's quite a lift for you, right? So here's a way where you have to give, you know, up front to give some data, and you have to give imagery and then you have to give like, and it's all in archaic Excel, Excel sheets. This takes that part away. So basically you, you have one source of truth between you and, and the department store, which is, which takes away a lot of that, the admin work, which is, which is a huge pain. It's a huge, huge pain. When and time, time intensive. Pain. Oh, for sure. And wow. I mean, specifically if you're, if you're like a small to mid-sized brand, you don't have a lot of people. And so it's good to be able to have like where, you know, once you've set yourself up in the system, then at least you have, then you have an easier way to have an overview and you both have the same view, right? So it's not like where there's not like, it's no problem with version control on which Excel, Excel spreadsheet was it and which email sent it. And, oh no, that was a wrong version. You know, the macro doesn't work. Like there's, you know, the, the array of problems that come up with how it's been done is really kind of one of the, what like the impetus for, what really kind of like Nordstrom started this process where like Nordstrom wanted an enterprise version, like the other side of our product is what they wanted. And that's what we did. That's what we developed and, and have, have since kind of gone, kind of rolled out to a lot more, the bigger retailers too. Right. Well, it's a great solution. Like you said, it saves time. So oh, yeah. that way they could either, you know, if you're on the selling side, then that gives you time to, you know, further scout out new potential partners at the same time, mm-hmm. instead of sitting in front of the computer and making the macros correct in the formula that they, yeah. they want. Yeah. Um, but to um, get to, um, you know, some of the ethos of um, my podcast is rants and raves. Mm-hmm. Um, are there anything that you, you would like to say that you're excited about or frustrated about? You know, excited about, I mean, I, I'm excited to see like how this all, like what we're going through now, how this changes consumer behavior. And also like kind of like how, I mean, like the, the one that, you know, my heart goes out to everybody who has like, you know, a, a, a place of business that is based on physical presence, right? Like retailers and like you know, specialty stores, et cetera. Like that's, it is such a grueling time. So I'm excited to see that start to come, come going. What I'm excited about there too, is also kind of the, the effect that it seems to be having, uh, at least like from anecdotally, at least like with you know, leases, like when you're talking to like to landlords and seeing like, you know, where there's more flexibility to that. I mean, I can speak mainly for New York where, you know, retail leases are, were at least 
there's no other word to say but insane, right? Like the prices are so, so large. So it's, it's very, very, to be able to make a profit as a retailer in New York, it's almost impossible. But now I think there's more like, you know, there's much more of a dialogue because, you know, nobody, there's nobody coming in. If you say, okay, fine, then you have to go as a retailer and who's coming in to take their place. So now there's much, I think there's more of a dialogue. There's more kind of openness to kind of flexible arrangements, whether that be percent of sales arrangement or et cetera. Like that, that's, there's a difference there, which I think hopefully that'll be a, a good reset and also allow for, you know, new kind of store concepts to be able to, to come out and flourish. I think that's, that to me is pretty exciting. Um, I think also like, you know, as if you're just looking at the bright side of things, I think, you know, as, as we see, unfortunately, you also have, you know, a lot of brands that are, a lot of brands will, will are going away, have gone away. Right. But I think that also opens opportunities for new brands to come and fill, fill voids in the market. So, you know, just like we had back in, you know, I think Uber and those guys were products of like the 2008 uh, financial crisis. Basically that's when it started. Um, so we'll see what comes out of this from like what people have had time to think about, uh, for those who've been fortunate enough to be able to have that time and be able to take it. Right. Like, I think that's, there's, um, there's that to to keep in mind too, but I think there's, there's always things coming out of these crisis situations that that are still going to be, there's going to be a benefit going forward at some point. That's, that's really what, what I'm excited about. It's not very tangible, but it's still something where like, I I still, I still have a, have high hopes for that. Well, I think, it, like you say, it creates innovation. That's what yeah. crisis always does. And and I think that our industry has needed an innovation for a very long time. And COVID has, you know, in the beginning of COVID, I think it showed the problem, the supply chain. And then now it's shown the problem as it hit hit retail. So it's it's done a whole 360. So yeah. I think that's, I think it's very exciting to see how those will adapt and pivot for the long run. So something doesn't occur again. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think on that point, I think it went from like, I think everybody thought it was going to be a, this like a supply chain problem, but it came out to be a demand problem when everything yeah. shuts down. But now it's coming back. That supply chain problem still exists because there, but to a lesser degree, because there's not as much demand, obviously. Um, so, so I think that's, that's something that's interesting to see kind of how that all plays out. Um, at the same time, like that's, I mean, it's a source of frustration too, right? All that, all, all what's happening now is it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Sometimes when you walk around and like you just start thinking, it's like, what is happening? Right. Yeah. That is, uh, it's, it's kind of bizarre how this world has changed in the last, you know, just from a year ago, this time it was a very, very different world. Hey, no one would have predict, predicted that we would be in <laughs> this type of world that the zoom would be the new coffee meeting. I know, for- I know at the basis of starting business. Yeah. But, I mean, um, I, think, I think the benefit, the benefit is really the part, like I think the, the, incre- the acceleration of the adoption of digital means of communication. And also I think the part, like the way it's been called the flexibility of the workspace for those types of jobs, right? Like in terms of like, it's, it's a, it's a super luxury to be able to say, listen, I want to be somewhere else for three months and that's fine because you can still do your job. Right. I do want to talk about, you know, since you've seen a lot of the brands in your lifetime, um, you know, what do you think is a mistake that a lot of the brands make? I think it comes back to like, in terms of like the subjective view on differentiation, you know, kind of, well, mine is so much like my jacket is so much better than their jacket. Like it's something I think putting yourselves in the shoes of the customer and saying, well, what does the customer actually see? Unless you are like a master uh, craftsmen and can see exactly the stitching and you actually place value in it, then what is the difference, right? I think the differentiation is a, is a, 
is a big issue that because there's you know walking like a like a like a trade show like say like project or magic or whatever there's a lot of brands that, that kind of blend in right they, they blend yeah. into themselves like it's i think the ones that stand out are the ones that understand the the clear messaging they have to have like and the importance of branding the importance of that the, the creative view of what they're doing and what need they're actually filling for their customer right i mean i, I think i had a friend call me i think it was last year sometime saying well you know his his wife or something was was a um she's a designer but she said he said like well we're just going to start to design t-shirts and then we're going to sell the company to h&m i'm like well that's like you and a thousand others like you can't you can't start with it can't start with the premise of i'm going to be sold it's going to be start with the premise like what is this brand right what what is this brand what do i do for what's the what's the what's the value i'm bringing to my customer and I, and I think, as you say, it's just having a clear DNA and sharing that DNA and how that meets the white space and what their needs are. Yeah, for um, sure. Which is, I mean, easier said than done, obviously. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why this is not an easy, easy, it's not an easy industry. So as much as I can say, it, do I have a clear like formula for how to do it? I can't say that I do, <laughs> but, but I do know like that is the most important part. So if you're, if you're getting into, if you're getting into that, like then you, you kind of, you better have a good good sense of who your customer is. That's what you have to start with. And then when, like, and like you mentioned, that's, that's why it's always important to place the brand positioning, you know, know who you hang with and know who you, you know, know how, like you said, differentiate, know how you differentiate from your competitors. Exactly. Um, um, and I think many brands, you know, I, I say it all the time, you know, if I ask them, who'd you hang with? They will have, they have no idea. Yeah, or you have wildly, wildly like either you have wildly different views for who you who you hang with, right? Or who who you yeah. actually <laughs> from your part, like maybe you should hang with like Cuccinelli, but that's probably not the not true unless you do sell like that. I mean, it's it's really that that part to kind of say like what have a realistic view on who you are and who you're serving. To speak about, you know, I know you've been to Montreal and Quebec several times. You know, is there anything that you would like to say about the province? You know, the companies there the food culture i mean montreal is a great that's a great place i think i think the brands there i think what's what's cool is there is also the i think the manufacturing part in montreal right to have like an in quebec like that where it's like it's truly made in canada yep. i think the quality and the craftsmanship that comes from that is, is quite quite amazing and and also doesn't doesn't necessarily translate into like an insane price right it's actually well priced and it's 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 made in a way that's not you know it's 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 very good conditions for everybody, right? From from workers to to just the city as itself as well, right? So, I think that's been that's been that's been very cool to to uh, experience that. And then, I mean, the culture itself. Like, I mean, Montreal is a beautiful city, and I've been able to to sample some of the restaurants in there. It's it's quite an amazing scene, I have to say. And it's a short flight away. And I'm, yeah. I'm happy you have good things to say about the manufacturing. I think a lot of people forget that mm-hmm. you know a lot of the you know like for instance even Canada Goose still you know, manufacturers in Montreal. So a lot of the Canadian companies utilize that as a center for manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the quality is there and is long lasting, especially yeah. for outerwear. And it's nice to have that part where like, obviously the, the outerwear component of being in Canada is, is quite, quite substantial. And I think, you know, having that being, you have supply chain within literally arm's length uh, is, is really kind of a key thing, especially now, right? If you looked at yeah. them, we talked about the whole the supply chain issue in the beginning of the year that, you know, that was never an issue necessarily for, for companies coming from there. But 
Um, and, and I think that that kind of a, as you see what other companies are doing, they're pivoting away, or they're at least like they're diversifying their their um, supply chain from you know, yes. let's say from we all know like from from China to elsewhere as well, but kind of keeping more of a less of a kind of a all all eggs in one basket. I think people are people are doing that too. Agreed. Agreed. Um, my last question is, you know, which I usually ask most of my guests is, you know, what advice, I know you've given a good amount of advice, you know, to brands and like how to avoid the biggest mistakes they make, but what advice do you have to the community right now? I mean, that's an easy question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what, what kind of advice there is to give at this point. I, I think the part like where, I think the people who have the people in the brands and retailers who have so far been able to come through this and they have like, you know, of, of they're in a, in a reasonably decent level. I think there's, there is excitement to really kind of look forward. And I think, I think the part is to also make sure you, you think about your actual strategy going forward. I mean, I, I know, I, I know and I understand why for the last like, you know, six to eight months, it's very much about like, you know, tactical survival, like how do you actually survive, which is clearly that's, something that's like top of mind for like, you know, keeping employees or, you know, being able to pay, you know, pay landlord's bills, whatever that's, I mean, that's, that's obviously top of mind, but I think it's also like not losing sight to what, like, what is, what is that strategy? Like, what is the strategy? How are you going to implement it going forward? And, and also seeing it from like, from what, what are the opportunities that will come yeah. out of this? I think that's, that's something to, to look at, like, what are they, whether that be sales channels or, product mix or, you know, anything else. I think that's something to start to look at. I think because there's also a part like where, you know, as in the last like six months, like the the license to experiment is is, is, is quite broad at this point. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice. Um, and on that, Derek, you know, I want to thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure tra- uh, discussing shop with you and I'm sure we'll do it again soon. We shall. Thank you so much for having me. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.